Hello, and welcome to the Female Founder Friday podcast with me, Lindsay White. I'm passionate about helping female entrepreneurs be great leaders, build high-performing teams, and create inspiring workplace cultures through innovative talent programs and practices. Because when people feel like they belong at work, they deliver their very best and businesses thrive. The Female Founder Friday podcast is all about connecting with the most incredible female entrepreneurs to talk about their journey to creating their own business, the mistakes they've made along the way, and how they view their own leadership. And I'm challenging all of my guests this season to take my leadership style quiz, and during each episode, we'll be digging into their leadership style and how it impacts the way they lead in their life and their business. And if you're interested in learning more about your leadership style and want some of my top tips to help you lead more effectively, you can take the quiz right now. Just check out the show notes or head over to highvoltageleadership.ca and click on the button at the top of the page that says, take the quiz. Then you can share your results, connect with my guests and join the conversation on Instagram by following me at highvoltleadership. Awesome. Well, welcome, Dawn Kern, to the Female Founder Friday podcast. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you. I'm so honored and delighted to be here, Lindsay. Thank you. Well, I'm super excited to have you um, because, you know, Dawn and I have been connected now, I don't know, a couple years. Yeah, I think four or five years, probably. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm not sure that I know the whole story of your journey to be a female founder. <laughs> the I think whole, I know parts of it. Yeah. So selfishly, I'm curious to hear about yeah. your journey. So tell us. Okay. To be a female well, oh, thank you. I'm sure that while my story doesn't line up completely with every other woman, I think there's lots of women who yeah. can at least relate to parts of it. And I was one of those women who really wanted to stay home with my kids and thankfully we were able to swing that financially so I loved those years and I wouldn't change anything about those decisions Um, but as my two sons were approaching graduation I knew that I was going to have to figure something out for myself Um, and I'd always worked a little bit through the years you know casual temporary sort of part-time contracts but whatever fell into my lap as a mom who wanted to be able to you know, drive to the tournaments on the weekends and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but none of it was something I would consider pursuing as a career. Um, and so as my kids were, you know, ready to launch their new lives and go on to uh, post-secondary, I, I was looking at my own education, which was now 25 years old. And I thought a fresh piece of paper might be a good way for me to get a better paying job that actually interested me. And I found this excellent communications program at my community college. The problem was that I was a 45-year-old stay-at-home mom, and I felt too dumb to go back to school. And then I, well, then I looked at my 17-year-old son and all of his dumb friends, (laughs) and they were going, you know, these, I was thinking, if these people can handle post-secondary, is it really such a stretch that I too could possibly survive and thrive? Um, so that's what I did, right? I sent myself back to school and I graduated from that communications program with honors. Um, and yeah, so so that program, um, was sort of half writing for marketing and half visual communication. So, um, graphic design. And when I finished that schooling, I thought I could get a job 
starting out as a marketing assistant or as the junior designer for, you know, 25 bucks an hour if I'm lucky with maybe two weeks of vacation. Meanwhile, our kids are growing up. My husband finally has, um, you know, five weeks of vacation right. and we, we have the time and money to actually go do stuff. So did I really want to go work for someone else? Right. No flexibility. And um, that's not really what I wanted for my life. And I had always been an entrepreneurial type of person. And then I thought, you know, out there, there's probably a hole in the market where small businesses need access to great creative services, but they can't afford a big agency. And so I thought maybe I can set out to solve that problem. Uh, so that's what I did. I started Greenhouse Creative to help small businesses grow. And that was six years ago. A few years in, I read a book called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Yeah. And uh, that put a whole new light on marketing. And uh, it's all about using the principles of storytelling and creating a clear brand story. So I got very hooked on that approach to writing and that thinking for marketing. So I went through the intensive certification process and became a certified story brand marketing guide. And now I help small businesses all over the world create their marketing on the foundation of an effective, clear brand message. So I love what I do. It's something new every day. And I get to be highly relational with my clients, which I love. So that's, that's sort of my founder story. I love it. Um... Yeah. See, there's all, I mean, there's pieces of that that I totally do. And then there's other pieces that I'm like, oh, really? I had no idea. Um, so uh, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think actually that story is super relevant. And I think that there are actually lots of women listening who may in fact be at the front end of that journey. I, you know, my kids are growing up. I want to have something rewarding in my career or I've been in this career, but I want to change my career. I want to mm -hmm. do something different. And mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways, we do hold ourselves back because we feel like we can't or we shouldn't or we're not smart enough or we don't have enough experience or it's something, you know, that we're not enough yeah. of something. Um, yeah. And that's just not true. It's not true. And there's something really interesting that happens in our lives. And I'm, I'm going to just pick the number 50, but, you know, it's, it's in our 40s and our 50s where, you know, there's that, um, the change, right? Uh, yes. That you used to just refer to menopause, but really the change, there's so much change in our lives at, at, at that point, because if we've been raising kids, we are often seeing them launch into adulthood. Yeah. Um, our parents are often transitioning and maybe needing a little more support from us or, yeah. you know, something like that. So there's change there. We just, as human beings, I mean, I'm speaking for myself and most of my friends. So I'm, I'm sure lots of women can relate to this. We start seeing ourselves in a new light. We finally have a little bit more time and headspace to take care of ourselves. We, um, are aware of boundaries more than we ever have been, you know, yeah. there's so many dynamics changing our relationship with our partners change, hopefully for the better, less people end up on their own at this yeah. time of life too. Right. Yeah. So there's change all around us. It's, it, and it just seems to happen at this, you know, let's call it midlife stage. Um, you know, in marketing, we talk about 
um, positioning a business as the guide in their client's story. And the way that I like to do that is through empathy and authority. Well, who makes a better guide in terms of empathy and authority than, uh, you know, 48 year old woman who has lived through all of all of the life that they've lived already and um, understands perspectives better now than ever understands their strengths better now than ever um, is more graceful and less judgmental and a problem solver they've negotiated you know they have picked up all these skills along the way that are really brilliant for running a business and being a leader even if you're only leading yourself in your business you know as a soloist it's the best time to be stepping into a a role like that I love that 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 was just really beautifully articulated Dawn because I think that that's the truth is that we do reach this sort of middle-aged mark and actually We've let go of some of the self-consciousness mm-hmm. that we carried in mm-hmm. our 20s and 30s. We maybe mm-hmm. are at that stage where we're not really interested in other people's opinions so much anymore. <laughs> yep. Like they they carry less weight. Let's just say that. Yeah. We're yeah. far more yeah. comfortable in our own skin. We've accepted Absolutely. flaws. We've accepted. And, and actually we get to really... St- from that get to step into what we're really brilliant at Mm -hmm. and you're Mm -hmm. right we've picked up some i mean let's be honest raising kids is like being a hostage negotiator right like (laughs) yeah but we have like well and we've got some great attributes some great skills we've learned along the way yeah absolutely um somebody once i wish i knew who it was so i could get them credit but they talked about the stages of parenting as you go from caregiver to cop, to coach, to consultant. Yeah. So yeah. When, when you have those, you know, late teen, early adult um, aged kids, which, you know, you often do around the 50-ish, you know, 45, 50-ish mark, um, you are in a constant consultation state anyways. Yes. And, and that, that's so similar to helping a client through something, solving a problem with them. It's really up to them, but you're there to bring perspective and experience and wisdom and support and all of those things and the solution that you offer, obviously. But yeah, there's so many parallels between running a business and uh, coaching uh, kids through life, right? So um, we shouldn't probably treat our clients like children, but you know what I mean. You know, there's some transferable skills there for sure. A hundred percent, yes. Um, no, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I do think that a lot of women, you know, just don't realize they just, they really don't see the transferability in some of those pieces. So I'm, I'm really glad you shared your story to point that out Mm -hmm. because there, there is someone out there who's thinking about starting their own business or thinking about going back to school or both. Mm-hmm. And maybe doesn't realize that they've actually got a lot to offer. So Don, I love that. Thank you. That that's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm going to ask Don next to share with us her leadership style because she took my leadership style quiz. And if you want to know what your style is and you haven't taken the quiz yet, you can find a link in the show notes. You can go to highvoltageleadership.ca 
and there's a little orange button at the top of the page that says take the quiz. It only takes a couple minutes and it's going to give you some insights into what your leadership style is. And like Dawn said, whether you're leading yourself in a business or you're leading a small army in your home, um, knowing who you are as a leader and how you lead from the inside out is really important. Um, and then you can compare and contrast and share uh, what your leadership style is. But Dawn, you know, tell us what, what, what's your style of leadership? I was the supporter. That doesn't surprise me. Which came as no surprise. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, as a recovering control freak, <laughs> uh, I can, you know, take quite a bit of comfort in reframing that as the supporter. Um, it's not easy for me to completely hands off something, you right. know, um, especially when you are attached to your business you know that's your name on the door right yeah so um i delegation is a thing you can learn to do thankfully yes. um and then figure out the balance i don't have a big staff i have you know one or two subcontractors that work for me so i'm you know mostly leading myself and leading them a little bit in my yeah. business model um but uh i i i do love that idea of being a support because I obviously I, I need my subcontractors to contribute to the work that I do for my clients but yes. I also really want to see them thrive yes. you know I want to support them in what they're doing and in their skill development and you know they're younger than me so I want to see them have their own thing <laughs> one day and see yeah. that grow you know so it, it, here comes the parenting theme all over again but um yeah I, I was uh, I was proud to see that supporter leadership style come out. I, I like that. Look at you, you know? evolving. Look at me. Yeah. Nice yeah. work. Nice work. Uh, no, but I, you know what? I think you bring up a great point. Like, first of all, we have the ability to shift and change. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and I firmly believe everyone has leadership capabilities. We just need to uncover them. We need to use them. We need to grow in the places where maybe we're not as strong. I believe everyone has the capability to be a leader. I believe that we actually need a little bit of all four of the sort mm -hmm. of main leadership types. We need to be able to be supportive, but we have to be able to be delegate to delegate effectively. There's sometimes we have to be directive. We have to tell people what we want, when we want it, and you know, like you know that like be really mm -hmm. forward. And there's moments where we have to be coaching. We have to help them get to the solution, and. I'm a solopreneur as well. I'm like you, I have some subcontractors. We still need to show up as a leader for them, right? We still need to flex that leadership muscle. We certainly lead with our clients, right? We, we, we yes. really need, that's what they, that's what they hire us to do is to lead them, particularly in the spaces where we have expertise and experience. Um, but you know, we lead ourselves. What, you know, how are you getting things done in your business? Because you're leading yourself. Otherwise you just lay right. on the couch all day. I mean, that's when you yeah. own your own business, yeah. that's a possibility too, right? Yeah. And when you haven't stepped into that business role, if, if you're contemplating it, sometimes we get the idea that you have to be the super high capacity person to that run a business. I used to be a super high. I don't know where she went. If you <gasps> see her out there, you know. <gasps> Every once in a while, I wish I could find her again, but I have changed in that sense. And, you know, part of it is 
probably just having healthier boundaries and yes. prioritizing where my energy and headspace goes. I do not do what I do no, don't want to do anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, so was that high capacity or was that just people pleasing? Who knows? Um, so That's I don't miss that part. So done. We'll, we'll have yeah, to right, right. do that. Okay. We'll do that one next year. That's it, Where did the high capacity question. person go? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, but I, you know what, even in, even for me and, and, uh, I turned 46 in 2022 and I've been working in my own business for about four years. And what I really realized in that 45th to 46th year is that my work style has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, my work style ebbs and flows a bit more. And yeah. I've actually, I think what I've learned as I've gotten older and wiser wiser, use that in quotation marks, <laughs> is that I need to flow as that energy flows. And I need to be more aware of when am I high capacity? When do I, mm -hmm. what is it that gets me into that flow state, that mm -hmm. space, that headspace where the work just hums. It just, it yeah. feels like you're so tuned in. And then right. when are the moments when I'm not? And it, it's not, it yeah. doesn't matter what I do or how hard I push. It's not going to flow. And I just need to set it down and walk away. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm smarter at that now. Yes. Yes. I, I think that comes with confidence and with experience, you know, uh, experience within yourself. I don't mean work experience. I mean, just understanding that nothing is worth resentment. So you start to put in boundaries because you know the price of saying yes to a project that you're going to resent. It costs you way more than it pays. Um, and you can only figure that out through trial and error. And, you know, that, that you give, you cut yourself a little bit of slack finally, I think at this stage of life to go, okay, that not so great. We're not going to do that one again. I'm not going to hold it against myself, right. but I'm going to learn and create a, you know, some, some new boundaries so that I don't put myself in this situation again. Um, and I think that's one of the beautiful things that comes with the awareness that we gain as we are more ourselves every year. Yeah. So I, that, I, I, I wish I could rewind and play that again. Cause what you said there was just really, really insightful. Um, and I think really important. So, um, after we're done recording, I guess I'll have to go back and listen to it again, but <laughs> yes to all of that. Yeah. That was genius. Um, so I, I love asking all my guests this question, Don, where have you screwed it up, messed it up, made mistakes? Tell us about some of those and what you've learned. How long is this podcast? <laughs> they, um, so many things. Um, I think one of the big things is I started out really undervaluing myself and mm -hmm. I, I did it with good intentions. When I launched my business initially, my tagline was a creative agency for small businesses with small budgets. And that was a very adorable idea <laughs> and completely unsustainable. Um, so I had to, uh, you know, make a bit of a shift for myself a defining what a small business was, you know, someone who makes jam and sells it at the farmer's market. That is a great business. We need those folks. If they don't um, have a budget for marketing, I can't help them. I can point them to lots of free resources, yes. but I can't work for somebody who doesn't have a budget line for marketing, you know? Yeah. 
So I'll point you in the right direction, but you're a DIYer and that's okay. Yes. So I just needed to kind of reframe what a small business was in my own head. But really, I think it was a cover for myself oh. to serve, think small, because I didn't think I deserved to charge more in the beginning. And I was projecting my own frugality on other people. I don't spend recklessly. And I didn't recognize that what I was offering had tremendous value. It was not a reckless spend. So I think those two thoughts were very tangled together. And that was kind of my excuse for thinking small until I kind of finally became aware that that was not a sustainable business model for me. <laughs> and I had to change things up a bit. So, um, um, so yeah, undervaluing for sure was a big one. Yeah. Um, I think another thing I would say um, was trying to do it alone. And, and I don't necessarily mean just like not hiring staff. But the first few years, I was not part of a business community, you know? Yeah. Um, I didn't have other business-owning women in my life that I could just sit and kick around ideas with, you know, everything from, you know, what app is the best one for invoicing to <laughs> how do you deal with a client who's, you know, giving you a hassle, whatever. Like, you just yeah. need people in your life to kick things around with, Um I'm part of an amazing, vibrant community right now, and not everybody has access to that. They should be hiring a coach, finding a great, solid coach like yes. Lindsay or joining a professional community, even people who are not in your industry, you know, just people you yes. can talk business with. Your family don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Take it outside, you know? So I would, I would say that was another mistake that I made early on and thankfully have, have rectified. I love it. Yeah. Your family does not want to hear about your business. Like they want to hear, they, they want the surface level bits. How's yes. it going? Yes. Exciting project, but they are mm -hmm. not, they are not your sounding board. No, they really aren't. And so I, I think actually, I, I think that that is actually a really great piece of advice is find a community. And, and if mm -hmm. like, for me, none of my family are entrepreneurs none of my mm -hmm. friends are really entrepreneurs. Like I, I kind of, I had to go and seek that out and mm -hmm. I've built now, a, I would call them more than a network, a friend group, a friend mm -hmm. group of entrepreneurs that I know I can mm -hmm. call on, that I talk to regularly. You can do something formal. I mean, if you want to join a paid networking business development group, you can do that. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be that. There's lots of ways to, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And I find a lot of those networking groups too, they have to serve the right purpose. You know, some groups are for referrals. That's great. Some are for inspiration. That's great. But like you were saying, if you just need somebody that you can have a conversation about business with, with no strings attached and, you know, just a group of people where you feel like there's support and there's room for everyone at the table, that's a community where you're going to thrive and boost each other up. And, and I mean, that's, if, it, if we're talking about women entrepreneurs, that's women operating at their best, right? They're yeah. encouraging each other and supporting one another and helping each other become their best. And um, that's an amazing thing when you can find it. Yes. And I, I think what you made there was an excellent point. We're not talking about the person that messages you on Facebook and says, come and join my Facebook group which is actually right. a space where they want to sell you things. 
That mm-hmm. is not what we're talking about. We are talking right. talking about a group of maybe it's entrepreneurial or women or men could be a bit of both. Depends on what you're looking yep. for. Oh, for sure. For sure. But it is a group where everyone is adding to the group and taking what they need from the group. And that it is about reciprocity. It is about sharing, learning, growing together. It is not about selling. Now, there could be opportunities for partnerships and collaborations. Sure. Right? But I, because I think sometimes people get those two things mixed up. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that Facebook groups can't be that. It just means that you need to be aware that they may not be. That's right. And it can take a few attempts before you really find yeah, you may have to do the right people there. Yeah. yeah. Because really, if, if the point is to find a, a group of people where you're helping one another a reciprocity, like you said, um, there, there's a chemistry element, yes. you know, we can't deny, right? Yes. You got to kind of get each other. Like you got to kind of laugh at the same things, and, <laughs> yes. um, you know, okay, you figured this out. I'm struggling with this. Great. I figured this out. Let me help you make your life easier. You know, but it's got to be in the, there's got to be a chemistry to it. You know what? That's exactly it. You have to, you do have to kind of have the same sense of humor. And I, I would also in those situations, I would say that you do have to have the same sort of sense of your business. You, you, you need to have mm-hmm. some of those pieces in common that you're looking to grow, that you enjoy collaborating, um, that you're, you know, that you're focused, you're client focused, like those pieces need to align a little bit as well. Um, because if they don't, it's, it's not going to be a value added group for you. And and I appreciate what you said. Like you may join one thinking this is the bee's knees and realize after a very short period of time that like, wait a minute, this doesn't quite feel right for me. And it is okay to say that and like, take yourself and go in a different direction. Like you don't have to stay. stay. That's right. There are people that you will really click with who are looking for the same thing you are, you will find them or you, you you know, you'll, you'll find a group where they are, or you will create something. Just build connections, get to know people, find out what makes them tick because you will, you will find your tribe out there. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. Well, and I want to revisit your original point because I think for so many of us, myself included, hand up, we start (laughs) off in our businesses undervaluing our services. I think that that is something that happens very, very commonly. And I think you're right. It's because of some of the things that are in our heads And some of it, you know, some of them really good things. I really want to help all sorts of people. I don't want budget to be a barrier. Some of the other pieces are, I may not think that I'm worth it, that what I do is really valuable. You put those two things together and yeah, you said it, the business, that's not a sustainable business model. I mean, everybody's, you know, Mm got to make a living. But I think that that's a pretty common problem, Dawn. I think a lot of women business struggle with that initially. Yeah. And I think, you know, at, at the next sort of level of that um, undervaluing is also valuing your own um, sort of mental and emotional energy when you take on a client. And yes. so I, I have a little um, 
cheat sheet for myself when I'm having my initial discovery call with somebody, right? Because I want to answer two questions for them. Do my solutions solve your problems? <laughs> you know, <laughs> are we in good match? Am I going to be able to do for you what you really need? And, yes. and lots of times it's yes, sometimes it's no. And then sometimes I can refer them to somebody that I have met that I trust because I have that, you know, that network of yes. other professionals. That's a, 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 an aside. Um, but yeah, so, so do I offer what you really need? Is this really the time for you? You know, I have some questions that help us sort that out. Is this the, is this the right time for me to step in? Do you need to do some free work? Whatever. Yeah. So those are questions that I, I kind of try and figure out more outrightly. On a little side margin, I'm asking myself a couple questions about this client. Because, again, I, we don't want to take on a project that we're going to resent. Yeah. And once you start experiencing your business and experiencing the way people are, you're going to be able to identify, okay, this personality or this type of communication or this industry or whatever it is, they are not a good fit for me. Yeah. And so if I'm starting to tick boxes on that column, you know, this may not be a good fit um, because I know what it's going to cost me. Um, this is not going to be a satisfying project to get through. I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to be resentful. They probably aren't going to be super thrilled with me in the end because we're a mismatch. You know, that's, that's something I want to avoid wherever possible. And sometimes your gut is telling you that, but you're just trying to say yes to the work. You're just trying to, you know, get one more project in this month or whatever the case is. And it is not worth it. When you find, you do that a couple times and then you develop some confidence and some boundaries and recognize some red flags and you just know it's better to say no. And when you say no to that, you make room in your schedule for somebody else who's a better fit. And I, that is just a lesson we have to learn the hard way, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. Cause there really is no way. I mean, you can be very thoughtful and I, I love that you actually have like a cheat sheet. That's genius. But you're right. Like you, you have to fine tune that intuition when it comes to those clients. And that just, it has to happen over some, some, probably some hard, you know, hard earned lessons. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but, but I do love that because I think, I think our intuition, like the gut check does play yeah. a role in that. And yeah. we, we want to help so badly. We want to serve our clients. We, we really want our businesses to be successful. We want to make money. And so we let those two things override what our intuition already knows, which is this is not the right client for me. And in the end, we shortchange ourselves, but we shortchange them too, because we don't do our best work with those clients. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not, it's not fair to them. It's not fair to us. It's not fair to our families and the other obligations and the other roles we play. Exactly right. Exactly right. And, uh, you know, we can still help that person find their success through a different channel. 100%. You know, we 100%. can make suggestions and um, offer referrals and all of that. It's not on us for that person to be successful. No. Um, it, 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 when we know it's, we are not the best fit for them. Yeah. For either of us. No. Right? No, that's exactly it. We do everybody a bit of a disservice when we, when we, we really take do. on work, we know we have no business being a part of. 
We really do. Well, and the business, yeah. And the reason that we want to work for ourselves is for the good things, you know, the flexibility, if right? that's what we're after. Yeah. Having that margin in our life so we can do the other things that now at midlife we're interested in doing. And, yeah. you know, it, we want to, whatever, play pokeball or go hiking or, you know, whatever the thing is. You, you want the time and space for that, to be a good neighbor, to, yeah. you know, spend time with your parents, whatever the deal is. Mm-hmm. Um, we're fine-tuning those boundaries and setting up what a perfect day for ourselves looks like. The second we let un- something we knew was not right for us enter into our schedule, that just overshadows all the stuff that we're trying to work for ourselves, you know, to enjoy. All the benefits of self-employment or entrepreneurship. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, absolutely, Dawn. Um, Thank you so much. I feel feel like there's like a whole lot here left unsaid, actually. Um, But, uh, you know, I really appreciate you've offered some really incredible nuggets here today. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really grateful to have some of your time to share some of this. So thank you so much oh, for being part of the well, show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It, absolute pleasure to talk to you like it always is. Yes, yes. It has been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I sure hope you enjoyed listening as much as I did hosting this conversation. And if you did enjoy today's episode, would you do me a favor? Would you give the episode a five-star review and share it with all of your friends? I would really appreciate that. I've got a goal to impact a thousand female founders. And with your help, we can really amplify this message. Thanks again for being a part of the show. And don't forget to connect with me and all of my guests on Instagram at High Volt Leadership. We'll see you next Friday. Thank you.